0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Campbell Academy podcast. Nothing but the tooth with me, Colin Campbell. This is the podcast that talks about atypical pathways to success and finds out the secrets from people who have become successful in their own fields. And um, Today is a bit of an extraordinary personal broadcast for me because we'll be chatting to Louis Dunn.
1: It'll be a Monday morning swim. So yeah, starting winter training at 6am on Monday to do a swim and then be working straight afterwards till mid morning, uh, like lunchtime. And then a uh, Monday afternoon will be a, a bike ride of some, sort, whether that be efforts or up to two hours and then a swim in the evening, Tuesday is work in the morning and then a gym session with Gregor who sponsors me and his personal trainer, and then a track session on the Tuesday evening, which is only two hours of work on a Tuesday, but it's all high intensity and key sessions. And then Wednesday I've off work. So I like to call it the full-time traffic day of swimming, long bike ride, massage and then swim again. Um, So all about recovery and training.
0: So for anyone who follows the blog, um, you will understand that Louis um, has quite a backstory. And this podcast is linked to a blog from February of this year called Introducing Louis Dunn. Um, And so Louis is going to talk about what it takes to be a budding professional endurance athlete. And I think that once you've heard some of this story, you might feel quite insignificant in what you think is hard work and what you think is dedication, and I really hope that um, it inspires us all to be a little bit more focused and a little bit better. Hope you enjoy. Hello, Louis. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast room. Thank you. me. A little bit bit weird. Obviously, I have a slightly different tack on the podcast today um, because in the chair that you're sat in, We've done. We're, at, we're episode. We're at five, Nancy, of this new iteration, and so we've had some famous people and some external people who've been really talented and gifted. And now we've got somebody from inside. So you're the first person from inside the business to be on the podcast, and yeah. we'll probably have some other people. So we'll have to explain to the one audience member, um, which is me. <laughs> Do you listen to it? Yeah. All right. Good. Right. You listen to this one? No. <laughs> right. Okay. So we'll have to explain to the guys that listen to. It the backstory about uh not the backstory but the why, why we've invited on. or why i've invited on. so the, the purpose of the podcast and its reinvention was to talk about atypical pathways to success that was one of the main reasons to do that because a lot of the people that i come across who are very successful in their chosen field have not had a class route to that yeah yeah okay and so that would mean that if I've invited you onto the podcast, I would consider that you are very successful in your chosen field. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, maybe not, maybe not yet. But... Well, that, but that's that. I think that we'll probably explore that concept of not, not finished yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also the concept of imposter syndrome we might explore today as well. So before we begin, you should introduce yourself to the guys.
1: So, yeah, my name's Louis Dunn. I'm a part time software manager here at the Campbell Clinic and trying to be a full time aspiring triathlete. So um, just a year, year out of A-levels and trying to pursue the dream of triathlon.
0: Okay. That's that's a fair introduction. So you have a backstory, Louis, that follows you, whether you want it or not. Okay. And that's that's the the, the tragic stuff that happened back in 2016. So we're not going to explore that today. Um, But there's a blog that I've got that I wrote about and went out this year in February, the Introducing Louis Dunn blog. And so we'll link that to this. Okay. So if you want to go back to Lou's backstory of, of, of when he uh, lost his dad and what happened there, um, and get more information just about the backstory of that, and I would recommend you do that. Um, and we'll reference through that a little bit here, but we're not going to go deep into that cause that's not, not what we're here for. Um, but you can read that blog and that'll be all in there. Okay. And so, because, because I think probably, um, as we start to explore some things that will help people that are listening to this, hopefully. I guess that's what it's for. We'll pay lip service to that. We'll, we'll reference that a little bit, okay? Because I think you know, in the annals of, in the developing annals of 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 the Louis Dunn story and the success story that's uh, un- unfolding, um, I think it probably you know, time zero. Almost goes back to that sort of time, I think mm-hmm. it does. We're at what I see, yeah. um, And of course, there was a Louis done before that, um, but he was like thirteen, and um, people were pushing him up hills on his bike <laughs> and stuff like that, you yeah. know. And and uh, I think we should go back. Uh, we should go back to that point, back to those times, and say, you know, your chosen route to success now involves swimming and cycling and running. So I'm going to say, you know, what's your what's your like earliest memories of that stuff that you now spend so much of your life on? So. The earliest memory is when I was seven.
1: So yeah, you, the triathlon, you start when you're eight and try tri start and it's 50 meter swim, or like 2k bike and then 200 meter run. But there was a triathlon in Clifton just down the road and my dad knew the organizers, so as he would, he'd get me in a year younger by asking for a favor. So I was seven, I was on a little gray mountain bike type BMX with one gear. And I remember doing that, um, doing a jog around the warm up field and then doing Doing that triathlon, and I don't remember much about it other than I probably came last, and there were much bigger and bigger kids and bigger bikes there. Um, and it started from there. So, I did junior triathlon, started with Four Life Triathlon Club, and then drifted out of it when I was maybe twelve. Especially the swimming area, but did triathlon, and then picked it back up in 2016, like properly focusing on it. So I've always done it, but then after yeah, I think after 2016, it was wanting to pursue it yeah. as much as I could.
0: 2016. Cause in that your dad got you into the swim squad or the, or the academy. Yeah. At For life.
1: Yeah. Yes. In 2014.
0: I remember conversations about that because that was a big deal. Just swimming wasn't quite good enough mm-hmm. then to get in Yeah. and being your dad, being his dad, um, he was quite disagreeable and mm-hmm. in, in the best part in the Malcolm Gladwell style of way. Cause he, he, he just like, he was extremely entrepreneurial. Your dad, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't, he didn't have a business cause he just Refused to accept the status quo, didn't he? Always, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so he, I remember the conversations having with him about, he was desperate that you got into that swim squad, but your time, you had to get, you had to have time, didn't you? I can't remember what it, yeah, was. it was.
1: Yeah, it was the 4 Academy and it was, the main aim was cause they do a trip to the Alps in May uh-huh. and that was what, why I wanted it. And Dean Hughes, who run that, it was six minutes for 400 meters and I was 610 or 615 or something. And we really tried it and it wasn't quite there, but he was. Just telling Dean, it's like, please take him, like, you uh-huh. won't regret it, it'll show you why. Because the, the bike was above the standard and the one was just yeah. about there. so he's like, please just ignore that the swim. That um, was very your dad, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he because, pushed it as much as he said until Dean said yes. And then I got in. Because so. I
0: remember he also took you to get you to Planet X mm-hmm. to buy a bike and stuff. and Yeah. Um, and Then coming back with a whole load of stuff they'd managed to skank off Planet X because yeah. he was always, <laughs> What else can I have and what else can you get in? Uh, and, a, and a sort of really sort of disagreeable entrepreneurial, and not in a when I say disagreeable, I don't mean people don't like it, that's not what disagreeable is. Disagreeable is, um, it's why, why, because we'll so kind of have a free helmet with the bike, and they go, No, I go, Well, why not? and mm-hmm. they go, Oh, well, let's see what we can do. And it was that he was always yeah. able to do that kind of stuff, and so. So it was interesting you say that you sort of drifted out and came back in because you kind of t- dipped your toe in a bit mm-hmm. and then came out and you and you were kind of going at that stage you were you know you were you were you were the same as everybody else you were just turning up at four life and doing yeah. a bit of work and seeing what happened weren't you
1: yeah i was doing most sports that you can think of a lot of football um but it was like we did swimming in portland and just wasn't enjoying it for whatever reason it, it, I was getting bored of it. I wasn't enjoying it. And that's why. So I drew, I didn't really drift in triathlon. I did the triathlon, but the swimming, I left doing it, you know, three times, four times a week, which is what you need to be doing. Now I look back at it is what that, those, those two years is what it, like, that's where you improve.
0: Um, but then when you get
1: back into it, then it's, you just get on the roller coaster of full-time training as much as you can. So,
0: so just to give everybody a kind of reference point, I guess. So, so you were trying to hit then in 2014, you were trying to hit six minutes. Or for 400, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What are you now for
1: 400? Oh, this it's doesn't seem a lot, but and it's not there yet. But I think it's about uh, 513 is what I be. But uh, I need to be going under five. Right. Megan's told me, <laughs> coach. Megan's your coach, Megan, yeah. my coach. Yeah,
0: but I think there's a really important thing about that. So, you're I was in 2014, mm-hmm. you were trying to hit six minutes for that, and it's now eight years later, and you're about a minute faster, and yeah. that's. This is the type of things we're looking at. You know, for people that you know, you will <clears throat> you work the whole winter now to try to get ten seconds or fifteen seconds off your four hundred time. You know, that that's yeah. that's what that's the game you're in, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. people will and that involves swimming how many times a week now? Uh five to six yeah. times a week. For ten or fifteen seconds off your four hundred time, right? Yeah. And so that's what I think when people think about this. They they have no appreciation of what is required. Um, I think just in setting the scene before we go and talk about some other bigger deals. Um, just describe your week to people. Um, as as the, this new because you're up cause you're on you're currently on. Uh,
1: yeah, a little off season break. Yeah, in the final few days of it. Uh, which I shouldn't be doing nothing, but I went for a swim last night, which I've already been told off for uh, <laughs>
0: by Megan. Yes, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have recorded it No. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So
1: starting next week, um, it will be. Uh, it'll be a Monday morning swim, so yeah, starting winter training at 6am on Monday to do a swim and then be working straight afterwards till mid-morning, uh, mi- like lunchtime, and then a uh, Monday afternoon will be a, a bike ride of some, sort, whether that be efforts or up to two hours and then a swim in the evening. Tuesday is work in the morning and then a gym session with Gregor, who sponsors me and his personal trainer, and then a track session on the Tuesday evening, which... It's only two hours of work on a Tuesday, where it's all high intensity and key sessions. And then Wednesday, i have off work. So I like to call it the full-time triathlete day of swimming, long bike ride, massage, and then swim again. Um, so all about recovery and training. Thursday can be some run efforts so or a long run and a bike ride, and then working in the afternoon. And then Friday is another day off off work and full triathlon mode of long, longish or efforts on the bike, swim. Or can be a run depending on what week it is. And then Saturday and Sunday is usually between the two is two swims, a gym, and a long ride or long run on either day, depending on the weather, usually. Because if it's raining, I'll run. And if it's not, I'll ride. So, unless it's raining on both days and then I have to suck it up. And then repeat? And then, yeah. So, four week cycle of that of three weeks building and maybe adding a session here and there. And then one week a bit lower and then repeat that. That's, until, isn't it, yeah, that's what they call it. Uh, until May. Right. Okay.
0: In terms of, um, well, there's so, so much to talk about, right? And to show people listen, and, and, and but bigger concepts I want to talk about, but just to get the last of the background stuff. So I remember when I, I, you were in, um, we were in, we went to went to ride bikes this year, didn't we, in January? And you went for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And I went for a week. And at the end of that week, we had, uh, we went out for tea, yeah? <clears throat> and we had a we had a beer. You had one, didn't you? Everyone, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had two, remember? So I doubled the amount of beer that you had. And that was the first beer you'd had since November, wasn't it? <laughs> right. And then in November was the first beer you'd had since probably March or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, or before that. Yeah. Yeah. And you generally, and I I know because Louis is also, my daughter's Rosie's boyfriend, bizarrely, which was not ever part of the deal. I don't quite know how that worked out. So we know, we know and I, I see how you live quite, quite a lot. And, and so you, your bedtime is, what's your bedtime?
1: It was ten o'clock. I've moved it back to nine thirty. Right. So okay. Starting the new block. It's a nine thirty
0: bedtime. Ninth, every, and it'll be every single night. Yeah, pretty much every single night. Yeah. And um, and and I, I've watched you do that, and you stick to that religiously. So yeah. you just so you, so that that's terrible for Rosie, isn't it? Because because that's a boring boyfriend. That right? yeah,
1: she's not even got start going out. At uni yet.
0: <laughs> the, the, um, so so in order to try even have a go at being successful at what you're trying to do you have to train the way you just described almost all the time and you have to go very half past nine and not drink, right and be careful with what you eat to a degree right, right. and um and so your off season that you just described uh, that you just mentioned tell everybody how long that lasts your off season when you finish your last race yes yeah, so the last race was on 15th of
1: october uh and then it was a week and doing nothing and then this week was is supposed to be nothing but I was allowed to do a little bit of exercise here and there very little so two weeks of relaxing and but trying to get all the stuff around training sorted out yeah sharpening your shot. Yeah. yeah so I don't have to do any admin yeah when I get back into it but yeah two weeks is the usual it can be it can differ from people some people don't take any so you've had a three. full
0: week off in October and you had a full week off mid season after you did the Ironman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. And so. That's not still... quite a full week off. We did ride on the <laughs> midday, midweek, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, oh, we to did. flush the legs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. So you've had one full week of training. In more than a year. Yeah, really. Yeah. And so, so it's just to give people a sense of what you're trying to achieve. And so. <clears throat> excuse me. And so what. What are you trying
1: to achieve? So it's starting just to be as good a triathlete as possible. And it, it will start off trying to get up there in age group podiums overall. And then it will be it'll turn into the little goals are going yeah, you know, pro triathlete just to get yourself on the ranks. And then I'd like to represent in the world championship races and maybe one day win one. But that's a long way away. That's so the dream.
0: When you say age group for guys that don't get triathlons, age groups, amateur children. amateur, yeah. yeah. So
1: a, any, any person from first timer to trying to get your professional license,
0: compete in the same race. Yeah. And, um, and so, so far, um, in the endless routes from 2016, um, when you were figuring out after what happened in New York in 2016, where you were going and what you were doing. So, you know, one of the first things you did was decide to cycle 4,900 miles as a thirteen slash fourteen year old yeah, through that year after you lost your dad because he was forty nine and so we did some we cut kind a of lot of those miles together, I guess, didn't we yeah not, not you know you didn't I didn't do four thousand nine hundred I don't think that year, but we did, and you finished up the calder of madeline didn't you that was you put um uh it was the um it was a climbing mediore um
1: what's it called was Sa- it Sa- where the monument on top,
0: not sacralobra
1: no, it was Sa- I've not done sacralobra so I don't know its a little one right uh. The name will come to me. Oh, that's bit, quite but, fitting, yeah. though. I didn't yeah. realize it was Yeah, a, yeah. no, it was oh, a yeah, right. I remembered it was a climb, but you just got the name off. right Right. Oh, so, yeah. No, I
0: thought, because I thought it was where well, you were with Dean. I know. No, it was well. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so, yeah. so, but so the first thing you did was 4,900. and But at that stage, you were, I don't think at that stage, you were definitely all about triathlon. I mean, no. you're,
1: yeah, you're, yeah, I think I did want to be a professional cyclist. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it was all about cycling. Yeah. But yeah. just wanting, yeah, that's part of just getting out on the bike as much as possible. Yeah.
0: And, and um, because this is where we enter into this business of um, atypical pathways to success, right? Because if you had decided at that stage to be, say, a pro cyclist or, or say, a, 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 a conventional professional triathlete, then your route would have been to get into British Olympic pathways, really. Yeah. Yeah. So for pro cycling, you'd have wanted to go to probably Manchester. Yeah. And get into that group of the British cycling group there. And, and for, for and you know go through regional and then international at that level and there's a there is a way to try and do that and then the other way is to go for triathlon is to go into one of the the one of the national programs which is Leeds Loughborough and then there's one in Bath isn't there is Bath that? and yeah. Cardiff as yeah. well and so um would be to get in with those groups and so that then your life is entirely structured and controlled by that program isn't it yeah yeah and that's Olympic distance program. So, again, for explaining to people, so that's the the Brownlees, the people that the layman understands, Johnny and Alistair Brownlee and the Olympic gold medal pathway, and and that's the Olympic distance, which is 1,500-meter swim and about 40k bike, isn't it? And then a a tanky run, right? So six miles on the run, 25 miles on the bike, and then just short of a mile in the swim, yeah? But for whatever reason you decided, and I think we can talk about that, that, that you didn't fancy that structured pathway I I saw, uh, and I might be wrong here, but at that stage, watching you and your decision-making and what you were going to do at that stage, you thought, I I don't want to go into an Olympic pathway. And you didn't chase the avenues of Olympic pathway. Why not? It was a multiple of
1: reasons. I think I never really fit into what, because at the first it's like academy and academy, um, regional academies, and I never really fit into what they're all about. And for starters my swim wasn't quick enough so it wasn't going to i wouldn't get in i've tr- i tried by proving that my cycling was stronger w- much stronger than a lot of people that were racing there but the swim isn't wasn't there so a lot of the races will come down to the front pack swim will all ride together and then it's hard to catch up so that's one of the reasons and another one was my dad did long distance racing so i wanted to do that and that's what attracted me. I was always around it with the outlaws at home, Pierpoint. So I was, was going down there for the swim starts and wanted to do that one day. And then doing a lot of cycling, you you want to f- cycle far and go fast for the long times on a time trial bike. So the 56 mile and 112 mile distance on a Ironman or half appealed to me. So I did that. Were, that sort of started it. And then it just became more, always wanted to go longer. So as soon as you're 15, you can do a sprint triathlon. So I did one straight away. And then when you're 17, you can do an half, half half marathon. So I did it on my birthday. And then when you're 18, you can do a half Ironman. So I did one when I was 18. And then you can do an Ironman when you're 19. So I did an Ironman when I was 19. I've not <laughs> done a marathon yet by itself. So well, you we have I done mean, a marathon still, at the end of yeah. our, at the <laughs> end of
0: an Ironman triathlon. So, uh, um. And so so you so you chose this is part of the point of the people that we speak to here. So you to you that's that's no biggie, that's just you just decided to take that route. But what you did was you, you, you went straight out of left field. You just went straight and you went straight into a long distance triathlon training program that you invented for yourself. That's what entrepreneurs do. They they is they, they don't accept the status quo, they go they go, um, I, that, I, I don't believe that that's the best product on the market, so I'm going to invent a new product onto the market that serves people better. That's what entrepreneurs do. And, and so, and they think it's normal. And you think this is normal. You don't think there's anything special about this. You, you're very much, why, why would you have me on a podcast? And, um, but, but what people want to know about this is, is, is the motivating factors for this and the thoughts behind it, even though you think it's completely normal. Okay, so in giving context to that for the guys that are listening. Um, so, Lou, I've watched most of your races, not not all of your races, but most of them over the past few years. And so the, so the first thing you did was you decided you were going to try and race in the British Championships. That was last year, right? And so you were going to try and do an outlaw um, half, which is the half Ironman, which is the 1900 metre swim over a mile. And then the 56 miles on the bike and then the half marathon. And your first one of those was Outlaw half in Nottingham, which seemed very fitting, mm-hmm. but it was wrong time, wrong place, wrong time, wasn't it? Yeah. Father's Day, it wasn't yeah. ideal. Family there, it just wasn't an it, On reflection, it would have been much better to do a completely anonymous half one, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Which you ended up doing in Aberfeldy in Scotland, because that was quite anonymous. Because you arrived there as a nobody, mm-hmm. never having finished a race. Because you, didn't, because you got an injury during the outlaw half. So the first half you finished was Aberfeldy, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was the British, Scottish and British championships. And going back to the age group thing, you race at age group. Now, the age groups in long distance triathlon, middle and long distance triathlon, which is half and full Ironman, are not very big at your age group. The fields are not very big. No. And so people could look at that and go, well, that's a bit disappointing because you're not racing against 200 other people. But the fact is that I can say this and you wouldn't say this, but that's because nobody can do it. Right? Because you can't develop enough endurance to complete those races as an 18 year old, full stop, people can't do it. You know, they've not, and if they're on an Olympic pathway, they they can't possibly do it because the training for shorter distance. And once we had a conversation about apples and oranges, when you were doing one of your typical disappointments in performance, and you said, I didn't win that sprint race and you go, well, that's because you're not a sprinter. Right. And so. So Aberfeldy, tell us about Aberfeldy. That was, that was the British Championship, British Middle Distance Rathlons Championships. It was September, 2021. No, late August. Late August. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it was, uh, it was in Perthshire, I think. So that, like you're saying with the Allerhoff, there's nobody up in Scotland apart from you guys who come as a support crew. So there's not that much pressure. There's, nobody knows who you are, like you said. And I think the main thing was just getting around and finishing and then seeing what, that would produce um so yeah it was the age groups it starts off under 20 so 18 19 and then from there it goes in five year age gaps of 20 to 25 and 25 to 29 etc so there was only I think five people in the under 20 category um I was the youngest so I got number one which uh looking back was quite cool I don't know why I got that maybe the the reigning champ should have number one But yeah, so it's, it was a freezing cold swim in the lock, uh, (laughs) lock and then, yeah, it was proper Scottish weather, it was was raining all day. And then I knew, I think out of the swim, I was third under 20 and I knew the numbers of who were in my category. And then I passed the first going to second, yeah, about mile 10 on the bike. And I was chasing all day. I passed Megan, my coach, um. Uh, during the bike and I was just trying to I had no idea how far ahead they were and then I did and then I passed him Matt Collins on like mile 30 I think he'd crash, so he's not by the right side of the road which in your head is disappointing because you want to beat them when they're <laughs> racing well, you do yeah um but like because he was racing out the half as well and I didn't finish then he finished so I wanted to race him again so but yeah and then on the run it was started off well probably over overconfident and I've not finished one yet. And then in the last 5k turned into just don't don't walk. Um, the legs are shutting down. I was all over the place. And I thought, so on the on the running track, when you have your number belt and your numbers facing forward, so you can't see anyone's number if they're running in front of you and the guy ran past, tapped me on the back, and they were wearing the same suit as the They got the, the other guy in my age group who was second. So I thought I, I bottled this um with having to jog sort of stumble my way to the finish line and then I finished in all sorts of discomfort and uh not in a good place. <laughs> but yeah, then you said i you think I won. Um which I didn't believe at first because I thought that the the guy had passed me, but you said I had so yeah I ended up winning that for the age group. Um nowhere near overall but that started that was the first half I
0: did so I know and and it's interesting about that because you 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 talk about that Quite blase and go, you know, and and you say, well, I was no winner of the overall. I was an eighteen year old doing trying to finish my first half Ironman, and I was no winner of the overall win. Right. <laughs> All right, okay. But you actually won your age group by by three and a half miles. Um. So you were so the, when you crossed the finish line, your nearest age group athlete was three and a half miles behind you on the run. Um. So that's quite a margin, and then you became a British champion. so you age group age group champion at eighteen. And you, and so um, so that was a big watershed moment. But, but being typically you getting to the end of that season you would have looked back and, and not been entirely satisfied with what you'd achieved. <laughs>
1: no, yeah. There's always more. I did, I did one more half after that. Um, I'm planning to do another one but I got ill after the last one which shows what it does to you. But yeah, it wasn't. You have your targets at the start of the season and yeah, you, know, you complete half of them but you don't complete other half. so it, it just it's just then you just aim the next year. So yeah.
0: And so when it's, you set targets because everybody or lots of people set targets, there's a there's a thing there, isn't there? There's the I didn't make my targets, therefore I haven't succeeded. But nobody ever thinks that I might have failed in how I set my targets. <laughs> you know that so so we assume that we're exceptionally good at setting targets and therefore if we don't make the targets we failed, but in fact it may be that we're actually very good at what we do. We just rubbish at setting targets. So there is a way to flip that around, isn't there? And so, and then this year, um, there wasn't a problem with the targets that you set, was there? In achieving them. No, I don't think so. I'm learning on
1: writing them down. So because they'll change with season, they always do. So then you, you always know what you were thinking when you set them, because uh, there's a way of getting carried away. Or, uh, like unconfident if you're not making what you're thinking two days before the the race but yeah it was just about racing getting a few more I was still in under 20 categories so still trying to get heart I know about and Europeans
0: and so before we go into this, this season a little bit I, they should, we should talk about that because we should talk about that that business of imposter syndrome that you suffer from really badly so everybody who listens to this and who has any kind of concept about what you're achieving and we'll talk a bit in detail about that in a minute is um. Is that you? You regularly you get to the before a race and you 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 struggle with your confidence. Yeah, that's reasonable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and people will go. Ah, the, you, that can be right. How can that be possible now with what you've achieved and what you've done, especially this season? But that will always be something that you will have to manage, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens almost every way. And 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 it's rare that like enough is never enough for you, is it?
1: No, because at the moment there's no there's still so many people better than me, so it's un- until you become the best in the world. Then I think it's never enough for anyone.
0: Do we think that will be enough?
1: Well, I don't know. We'll see when we get if I get there. But at, it, at this point, there's so many people quicker than me, and that you want to be like for the next race or next year. So hard to be totally satisfied.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that's I, th- I think that's what drives people on in anything, isn't it? Drives people on in anything is never never settling. You know. And then the problem is that can be a little bit toxic as well. But we can go back to think, you know, with you and go, well, why why is that? Has it always been like that? Or did 2016 change that? Or did you just grow into the fact that you were, were you always going to be this? Was this always what was going to happen? Or was it as a result of 2016? What do you mean? What happened to to you in 2016? Is that part of the
1: intrinsic makeup athlete? I think, yeah, certainly part of the intrinsic makeup of not many of the reasons why you could like when you're pushing hard or racing the like you always say the why of a business of a person is is intrinsic it's never really extrinsic yeah. for so i think yeah every athlete's got the reason why they do it so
0: well that's that armstrong isn't it armstrong said all endurance athletes are running away from something <laughs> um which is a really good analogy and i would suggest that I don't think that's specific to endurance athletes. I think that's specific to people that drive continually drive forwards. So people who listen to this who are not a, an endurance athlete, but who are trying to run a business or make something better, or or have some aspect of their life that they that they never give up in, it's because they're trying to prove themselves to some some extrinsic um, individual or symbol or or ideal or goal that that they feel they have to. To prove it to and and i think that that is um you can often peel back the layers of someone and figure out what that's for you could if someone ever interviewed me on the podcast which they're never doing um you could peel that back and find out what it is for me because i know what it is but um and so so i mean i'm trying to bask in your glory here by kind of comparing myself to you but she's yeah. not really very good as a it's, 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 it's uh, but um okay so this season there's a few there's a few touch points here that's really important this season in terms of so we, we're out of any sort of conventional pathway in triathlon now right so it's worth so, so so tell us how you make money as a professional long distance athlete um you don't make money as a threat. oh I, I was a professional, ultimately, oh,
1: pro, ultimately professional it's from sponsors and or race wins bonuses race prize money. Um, but it's very hard to make a living as such unless you are uh one of the best in the field and country or known or so you've got to have a good a spot a good sponsors
0: to start you off and then
1: you can hopefully build to become a race winning profession.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit a little bit like a chicken and egg, isn't it? Because without the results, it's hard to get the recognition and the sponsors, but without the recognition and the money it's hard to get the results Yeah. because to travel to Majorca to race in a challenge series race costs money and to have a bike that is, is worthy of your ability costs a significant amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to have a pair of trainers that you can only wear for how, 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 how long, 50 miles. Ah, well, you could push it to a hundred, but anyway, it's, <laughs> it's it's
1: over a pound a mile. And the trainers trainers. you wear for racing,
0: and right, so it's an expensive sport, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and of course that. So clearly, at some point during this, we're going to plead people to send you some money because it is that type of thing, isn't it? We need support, and you need support for what you're doing. So you can't, so you can't make. It's hard to make money at it, so you've got to work as well. So you're now doing that thing where you're working part time in a proper job, um, to try and fund to stay alive, to allow you to chase your dream, and and this is proper. Minority sport isn't it it's this is like proper it's not what um it's not professional football you know it's not it's not professional basketball in america it's not somebody goes through college and then gets signed for a hundred million it just doesn't happen and so clearly, your motivation factors here can never be related to financial because you can't see a route where you're going to be super rich doing this, but that doesn't matter because that's not why you're doing it. And actually with people who come through typical pathways of success, any money that they get for the stuff that they do tends to be a side effect of what they do. It's never, ever that I've seen the reason why people do it. And, and you know, go back to even the people that we've just spoken to here, the, the Ronnie Youngs or the, or the Government Samlers or, or or Sarah Symington, they're never about chasing money. None mm-hmm. of them were, you know, and just because, you know, Ronnie's doing pretty well these days. But he did drive, a, he drove the bus in Zurich, the hop-on, hop-off bus for tourists in Zurich. He, he, he did all so sorts of different things in his backstory and never came through a conventional channel of success. So guys, normally in this little interlude in the podcast, we would talk about one of our courses or a sponsorship opportunity. But today, um, I'd like to ask you to consider supporting Louis Dunn. Being a professional triathlete or budding professional triathlete is almost impossible due to the cost of things. And the um the dedication is required and the fact that he can't work full time. So if you would like to sponsor Louis or help Louis to achieve his goal and be part of Team Louis Dunn, then why don't email me at colin at Campbellheimclinic.co.uk So this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. uh four significant races this season. We say four? Four, yeah. That no, that sounds about right. Yeah. The first one outlaw half. Yeah, not here. Right. So another so I returned to this a scene of destruction. the year before was Carnage. So I'll always remember the car park the year before. Mm-hmm. Right. And um because you didn't finish. And I was racing in Inverted Commas in that race. I was doing a relay, wasn't I? So so I was out on the bike, clearly, you know, and I was assuming that you would all be finished by the time I got off my bike and be able to clap me in off the bike. But um you when I got back off, Mike was running for us, I said, Where is he? you know and he said, oh, Have you not heard? And you he hadn't you have actually been taken off the course on an ambulance, hadn't you? Yeah, back, which is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and a needy probably. course, yeah. <laughs> but um, so you returned back this year mm-hmm. to try again, which again is an extraordinary thing, you know, to be able to just go back and go right. Do you know what? And I, I did really feel because because that was one of those races where I was down at home, Point with you at half past four in the morning or whatever it was, and I was nervous of that race. I was frightened of that race because I thought you, you got to get this monkey off your back, you know. And clearly, you were able to. You were good enough, and you have all everything in your locker this is where all the aspects of this stuff the psychological aspect of this stuff comes in because there's demons to, to fight and mm-hmm. that kind of thing don't and so what happened there yeah it, it was
1: it was it was a similar time to last year so it's just about trying to improve on the times from 2020 uh 2021 and it wasn't uh, i didn't have the best lead up it was another uh mess the week before but it was it was a case of it was a time trial starts, so i missed the front pack which is now the aim for next year because there's, there's, eight or nine guys that came off together that were running together for the race it's what you want to be in but it was it was a good day out it was um positive in terms of improvement uh but yeah it was a under 20 category so i managed to to take that again but take the win for the
0: category but yeah, once again buy- the overall just not quite yeah <laughs> because you're, you're nineteen, and then um, the overall was 29 or something and who was it won at kit no uh a Jack Hutchins. But the um, but you won the age group by four and a half miles this time on your second outing. Right. <laughs> so you were you were on the lake at home, Pierpont as for t- almost two laps at the end of that race, don't you? One, You're not half not in uh-huh.
1: no, you do three lap, three laps was sort of.
0: But you were a lake ahead of the winner, yeah. more than a lake ahead. So when you came through the finish line, he was. I mean, it he was. He was like they were miles away. So so that that was that was a great success monkey off your back never have to race that again if you don't want to can if you do but you know it's it, that it tick done that right time for that was 4.20 4.20 20, for that right 20. yes man and then a hugely significant thing in July so yeah. for so many reasons July was a significant thing wasn't it yeah yeah It's
1: out of full so this the, the same venue and organizers as the half nottingham but the the full so the same distance as an iron man even though you can't use that word associated with iron that. distance iron dis- the, the full distance so yeah it was my dad was going to do that when he was 50 the uh, year 2017 so for his time and i always thought iron man niece was going to be my first full distance because that's when your dad completed yeah that's, that's the one yeah. the only one um because he carried get, you down the, the, the,
0: the finish chute there yeah i remember that story but you had a little plastic stirrer that come from your mum's coffee right yeah and wouldn't let go of it. You wouldn't let go of it and then you dropped it. And as he was carrying you down the finish shoot and his glory of finishing his first ever industries. you were wailing and screaming to try and get the plastic stirrer oh, yeah. back, I remember.
1: I think I was alright for the finishing photo. Go <laughs> back. But yeah, so
0: that was it. In... Do you have that finishing photo? Yeah. yeah all right. Did I need to see that?
1: Um so yeah, it was that was twenty fourth of July. Um I the, my coach Megan thought I was a bit when I said I was doing it, she didn't know quite why um but I wasn't in I knew the run fitness wasn't there to complete it well to race it the whole way and I was expecting to slow down and the aim was to get to 18 miles and without walking and then could let myself walk a bit but yeah it was the the swim when you're in longer especially an amateur my swim is isn't very good at all and my shorter distance or around the same age becomes slightly better so I moved up so I was in seventh overall for 50 miles of the bike and then had a quite a big dip around mile 80 uh, luckily that I had a tailwind at that time point so I went to to the feet station got off just gave myself two minutes and that probably saved the race in that sense of being able to get on and somehow find some legs but came off the bike and went a mouth and didn't even think about the distance so, I mean, loads of people, people from work, um, family, friends, all around the course, because it takes over a lot of the Trent River Trent. So, yeah, it was half marathon was really good. Hardly, went off a bit fast. Definitely too fast, is what Megan says. And then projectile vomited at mile 16, which over the suspension bridge, which anyone... Dramatic,
0: known, so, I mean, it's a good venue for yeah, that. Yeah, so anyone yeah. that
1: doesn't know that bridge knows it's not road it's not very wide probably two people wide and i took over most of it by bending over and being sick not quite over the river and not quite over the path with people walking over so yeah and then um we found some legs after that but the last six miles is two laps around home pier point i've seen the same bit of tarmac and no scenery so that was horrendous of walking slash shuffling for however however many miles i wasn't thinking at that point so yeah, and then for the line in just under ten hours, so. no, which is five. extraordinary.
0: We've never seen anybody, And then the nineteen-year-old to do an Ironman in nine fifty-five is just
1: yeah. Supposedly, it's the course record, age group course
0: record. Yeah, uh, for under twenty. And 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 so many, you know, first ever Ironman as a nineteen-year-old trying to chase professional athletes like um yeah, like Sam Long, and um, who, he's the only other one we've seen that's done that sort of thing. Yeah, and um, and but also the significance to you personally about that yeah. which was that very much um, mimicked or seen the, mirrored in the photographs as you yeah. cross the line and stuff like that which were really special actually they, they were brilliant and so then so that came out the way and then the next thing to do was to do the, the European champs so you yeah. couldn't go back and defend your British championships
1: no because it's on the same weekend um, but yeah the, the British champs win to qualify me for the Europeans so uh, it went out there as a Bilbao which nice place but hard to get to um, it's flying into Barcelona and then driving all across the country to get there so and it was once again a championship race which is far away and you're sort of only with yourself and not nobody knows who you are which is a good thing i find but yeah that was um bittersweet that race of i was up there overall racing felt like i was in the race and then um the last 10k the one had some stomach issues which dropped me down the overall as i was gaining but um won the age group which was also there was only four people on the start list and uh, i think only well two finished one got disqualified
0: but which is also annoying because you want to, like I said, hey, you want there to be more people that. Yeah, but think. that's only because they can't. Um, and so now you're European under twenties middle distance marathon champion. Mm-hmm. So last year British, now European, <laughs> and then, um, and then finished off with just a little holiday jaunt to do a half Ironman in New York, if yeah. yeah. challenge New York. And, um, and 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 um finished third in the under twenty five. Yeah,
1: yeah, because challenge races they don't have the longest is all under yeah. twenty five,
0: so but okay. that's a pro field too. So. And just yeah. tapping the time for me because the time just vanishes, doesn't it, when we yeah. challenge? And so the the things to finish off with, just what keeps you going. Um, but, okay, let me rephrase that and help you with that, right? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I, I got the chance to ask questions to Chris Hoy once, um, and, and I struggle with... Yeah, if ever i'm going to train in anything it's, it's getting out of bed and you know I, sh- I should have been swimming this morning but i wasn't swimming and um because it's easy for me to talk myself out and not doing it so what we want to know is we want you to help us to tell us how we do that how do you get out of bed how what, what keeps you going? it's hard
1: to put a finger on one thing i think it's i, well, I know what you're saying because you said you don't you do it you don't want to do it every day it's it's um there's a the the three-thirds thing of a third of time you feel good a third of time you feel average and a third time you won't won't want to do anything at all and that's the thing but there's a lot of reasons that it's it's doing it for the intrinsic motivation it's doing for the people that support me i've got good group of great group of sponsors and support so they're investing investing in me that so you have to do it for and when you don't want to do it it's just about finding the why almost treating it as if you've got to do it it's, it's your job it's like you know in dentistry you've got a patient to see it's not like you can just not turn up so, and don't get me There's times where you have to listen to your body and give it a rest or miss the session. Um, yeah, I don't know, very often to you. But uh, motivation is not very, not always there. But I think discipline
0: is what. Yeah, yeah, what makes yeah. So, it's, so. It's good. that's helpful, isn't it? Because you don't like it every day. No, but you do love it every day, mm-hmm. and I think you do. And and I think that's borne out by the fact that when you're supposed to be having a week off, you go, I'll just go and do a drill swim on Monday night because it's because I want to, you know? And, uh, and you know, that, that, and I think the Louis Dunn of old and older would have missed that swim, you know? And the Louis Dunn of 2014 or 15 wouldn't have gone and done that swim. You would have thought that, wanting to do a swim. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's progress. And so what what's next?
1: So just sort out the calendar for next year, which is six halves and then a full of, I'm my niece um, and it's just the main goals are to try and be in the races so with the top guys going for their license and I know I'll work, maybe not in their next next year the pro license goal is 2024 but being in the race with the guys swimming with them cycling the grief and then running with them and, and knowing that you'll get battered sometimes and very unlikely that you'll beat them but you have to know how to, to race and to win to then actually do it. So, how, how many pros place. did you beat in Robo? Um Four and then five or six in Mioka. But yeah. it's how the British field is so strong. Yeah. So,
0: you have a mission. Yeah. You know what you want to do. And somebody really clever in business once told me that what we focus on um, becomes successful. And other people get fractured in different directions. Me, particularly, mm-hmm. running after shiny bright objects here, there, and everywhere. But you don't run after shiny bright objects. You just. Stick to the mission, and that's why you're being so successful. And so, we have a thing at the end of the podcast where we say, um, if you could go back to to have a conversation with your 21 year old self, which is a bit of a problem for you because you're not 21 until February, and then. 20 in February. Are you 20? Yeah, Jesus. February 2024. So you're 19 still. So, so it's a slightly different framed question for you. I would take you back to, and this is deliberate, so don't answer this if you don't want to. I would take you back to Christmas in 2016. And after everything you've learned in the last six years, what would you tell Louie? the Louis done in 2016?
1: Uh, just just keep believing and dream big. Uh, there's a, there's a, a note on a cycling book that I got given in Christmas 2015 from my dad, and it said, dream big because you never know. So that's probably what I'll just keep going. Nobody ever knows. Should we all do that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. eh? Thank you for having me. So Blimey, um, that's quite a story. And it's always interesting in these discussions that they always go in directions that I didn't expect. So if you thought that you were hardworking or dedicated or were putting in a shift to make yourself the best at what you can do, then perhaps you might have learned what dedication really looks like from listening to Louis um, as a 19-year-old who's putting all of his life aside, more or less, uh, to try to chase his goals and dreams. I hope you enjoyed that. It was fabulous and um, for me, and um, we'll look forward to Chris Aiken, who's coming next, who's a bit of an occlusion specialist who's coming to visit the practice, but we'll also have stories to tell about how he got to where he is.